nothing annoys me but I suppose when they get there the Mara like and we're all standing waiting and then they're over across the way and they'll probably start singing their wee soldier song and their big trickler flan and you'll be going get into them get into them get into them that's terrible isn't it that's that's what'll annoy me don't like that flag at all why not it's horrible colours <laughs> remember the 11th night they had a big tri-coloured on top of their bonfire and my John says to me what what are the burning Dublin's flag for <laughs> didn't they and there was a whole crowd starting right us and he'd be John nothing nothing and here, here's what are, what are the burning Dublin's flag for <laughs> and he kept going on and on he'd be John shut up shut up I'm not telling you hey, what could you tell him like he couldn't understand why Dublin's flag was at the top of the bonfire and they were burning Everybody was looking at him too. Oh God! He says, "Why not burn Union Jack?" Didn't I? He says, "Why not burn Union Jack?" <laughs> he says, "Sure, that's our flag." Here's <laughs> oh God, John. You've a lot to learn, son. Glasgow Rangers are a special football team for many people in the north of Ireland. Their red, white and blue colours represent a Protestant, royalist tradition that arouses passion in the supporters. Valerie McFadden is one. For Valerie, a trip to Scotland to see Rangers play their old rival Celtic is a special treat. And it's even more special when the game has been played in the hallowed turf in the football shrine that is Ibrox Stadium. An old firm clash it's more than just sport. Valerie is a mother of two and she lives in Sandy Row in the centre of Belfast. On the evening before the game, we're in Valerie's living room. That's my daughter Lauren, who's ten and a half weeks. So she's, she's with her daddy there. She's a wee surprise, a wee accident. But she was. And she came along in August, so she did. Uh, Saturday before Christmas last year, we found out. It was shock. Couldn't believe it. But they wouldn't be without her now, like. So I wouldn't. I mean, actually, she's a wee dot. Good child. Sleeps all night. When she was about two weeks old. The time she cries is when she's hungry or when she wants to be nurse. But she's good, like. But it was a hell of a shock. So it was, because it wasn't planned. <laughs> real Christmas present that was for us not for sure you wouldn't be without them like sure you wouldn't no way um, that's a photo of my son John who's seven he'll be in March and there's one of them with Jody Best and Pat Crearn that was taken in July down at the Manchester United shop in Ann Street we stood for an hour to get signed photos of George and Pat and they're just gentlemen. Pat Crearn's a gentleman. Had a drink of their champagne. So it did. Because I was eight months pregnant and starting for an hour in that heat. And George says 
he was drinking his champagne and he turned around and he says, I think you need this more than me. Here's me, I could do me a bottle of that. <laughs> the sweat was gushing from me. And he says, a long view to go. I says, now three weeks. And Pat Rain says, oh God, he says, don't be having it in this shop. But gentlemen, the two of them. I mean, George was uh, meant to leave at half three to get a plane back to England. And he put it back to half six. So he did, because there was such a crowd there waiting for him, you know, to get signed photos. And he got it put back, so he did. And he signed every photograph, like, so he did. He didn't turn nobody away. And God help him, like, his sweat was gushing off him. <laughs> and he's sitting there and he kept looking down to see him anymore and all the crowds coming. But he's a gentleman, so was Pat Crearn too, like. You see, where I'm from originally, Craigie, his daddy lives behind my mummy. And where my mum lives, there's a big giant field, and that's where George started his playing in that field. And he went to my school, but a good lot of years before me, like. And I used to go to Brownies with his twin sisters. <laughs> all I did, all them years ago, I went to Brownies with Grace and Julie. So I did his twin sisters. So that's why he's special, because he's from my side of town, you see, and best player in the world, always will be, like, or nobody to beat him. See, because it was only me and um, my sister, my daddy, he was in the Navy and we used to live in Rathcool. And every time he came home and leave, he used to take me to the Glen, Glen Torn matches because he had nobody else and that's where I got, you know, interested in football. He used to, when he used to come home and leave, he used to get the buses up and he used to take me to the Glen matches every Saturday they were playing. And then he was United supporter and that's where I started, <coughs> excuse me, supporting Manchester United too. And Rangers, just, I don't know, where just everybody, just where I lived, everybody supported Rangers because I suppose all Protestants supported Rangers, like, so we just went along with it, like. And that's where I got interested in the football. I just wanted to be an exciting match. The atmosphere will be really, really good, like. I mean, the stand, sing a sash and all, and the Billy Boys, <laughs> the two, and the stand and sing No Surrender and all. And the last time I seen them play, when Rangers score, they get their scarves and, you know, the whole, you know, they have it tied you know, in their hands, and they all twirl them round. And then you see when you look back, all you see is all the scarves, all, you know, twirling like, and... Honestly, the atmosphere of the match is really, really brilliant. So that's, I want to look forward to more than anything. Good atmosphere and a good match, like. It's 9am on Saturday. With our Rangers scarves and tickets for the ground, we set off by taxi for Belfast Airport. The taxi man decides to take a route via the Catholic Falls Road area through parts of the city that Valerie has never been in. Valerie has been abroad on holiday, but never in the south of Ireland once in her life. 
I've never been to Dublin in my life. Never. <laughs> first time. It was the first time I was over the border. Two years ago. Donegal. Never over the border in my life until we went down over to Donegal. It's not a disgrace, like. Two years ago was my first time over the border. Never been never been across it. I went to Donegal. So we did. And then we were over July there and down to Westport. That was my second time. So it is. Never, never been to Dublin. At Belfast Airport, the British Labour Party spokesman on Northern Ireland, of all people, Kevin McNamara, is checking in at the next desk. Behind us, a group of men with Rangers ties are taunting him, accusing him of being sympathetic to Sinn Féin and other things. These lads are heading for the match too, so we had a chat with them a little later. Was that you saw Captain McNamara there? Yes, yes. yes. Speaking yes. Speaking yes. Of no, the thing. No, the thing. The thing about like, people like Mr. McNamara and all is to formulate an opinion by speaking to only one side of people. Sometimes yes. it should be a wee bit, you know, broader in there. That's true. I turn around and tell him you were seeing your mate, Jerry. <laughs> 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 I wondered. <laughs> I wondered what you were talking about, and I turned around and I seen him. Kevin McNamara. No, as I say. I remember travelling one time to London and I was alongside, sitting beside Ian O'Paul and I never had a more enlightened arch like travel in my mind. life. I mean, the man's obviously a very educated uh-huh. man. I like and him. It's pity maybe some people didn't give a gentleman a wee bit yes, more of a chance. Of course, that's true. You know, people like that, but these people here, like Kevin McNamara, formulate an opinion and what, what exactly, where they get it, I'm not quite here. sure. I don't know what's but, going on. I mean, I, I worked abroad for 10 years and travelling doesn't have broaden horizon and people like that should listen to both sides sometimes before they make an opinion. You know, you think he doesn't? I don't believe he does. No, I think no. I think he listens to um, nationalists living in mainland Britain, but he's not listening to perhaps people from the Unionist fraternity living in mainland Britain. You know, and it does. I mean, there's two sides to everything. I mean, take a marriage, for instance. You listen to a wife, and she's where blames the husband's fault and vice versa. There's always two sides. You know. This is sorry, but not keep you. Saying we have got Ali. I was at used to saying, we've got Ali, um, F your mo. They used to sing. <laughs> so they did. We've got Ali, F your mo. We've got Ali, F your mo. And uh, they used to sing, he's blue, he's white, he's, um, he's blue, he's white, he's cursing again, F and dynamite. It's uh, Ian Durant. Ian Durant he used to sing that too. But the alley when we've got Ali if your mobature didn't mow comedies, didn't I? Which was a big disappointment. Breaking my traditions, that's all he done like. Tell us about that time. Unbelievable. The what got I mean, I wouldn't have heard if it it had been somebody else, another Roman Catholic, I wouldn't have heard. What got me was a couple of weeks before Mo Johnson was on saying he's gone back to Celtic, that's where his heart belongs to and all this here. That's where he wants to go, Celtic. And then the next thing you heard, he signed for Rangers. So, I mean, it was just all down to money. So it was. And, of course, there was ones up here. Burnt their Rangers shirts at the bonfires. Burnt their scarves. Ones that I knew by Gandhi Walker. Like, dedicated Ranger fanatic. Wouldn't support them the whole time. Will Johnson played for them, so he didn't. That was a sad day, like, we broke with the tradition, like, so we did, because Catholic had never played for Rangers until that, it was July 1989, until that day he signed him. So, I mean... Like, Are you disappointed he signed? 
yes. they took him on. Yes, it was because, as I say, it was a tradition. Like, I mean, a Catholic had never played for Rangers, and then I think what mo- that's what I think what most upset everybody was because who it was, Mo Johnson. You know, all the Ranger fans, you know, used to shout at him, give him abuse and all. And I think that's what upset most people. I think if it had been, say, just an ordinary Catholic, you know, another player, it wouldn't have went down as bad, no, as what it was. Because I think it was him more than anything. That's what they hated. Because it was Mo Johnson, you see. And then they couldn't sing our wee song no more. We've got Ali F. Your Mo, because it's Mo on their side as well. So they sang, what did they sing instead? I don't know. They never really. So they just the cap singing uh, the session all and no surrender like. But I mean. And did they not think they had something else? Didn't they? Well, we don't want a Catholic on our team clap your hands. It's terrible, like. It has a ring to it, though. I know it does. I think my grandfather summed it up when I was very small when he said it wasn't so much a football team; it was more a way of life. And I think that's probably true. If you ask any Rangers supporter you'll probably find it's been come through the whole family, you know, true, yeah. grandson, father, grandfather. It's just a very unique game of football, be it in a cup league or anything else. It's a, unique, a very unique experience. I mean, it's a civilised way of experiencing the Battle of the Boyne, if you like. <laughs> you know, a modern-day experience. But I would, like, I, would like, I would like to think it's a civilised way of doing it, you know. There's still a bit of politics in it. Oh, there's no question. I mean, it's a very, very much a, an Irish nationalist support which follows Celtic, and it's very much a, a loyalist, sort of royalist-type support for Rangers. I mean, anybody says any different would be telling lies, and that obviously adds space to the game. In Glasgow, it's a mild, sunny winter's day. Clear skies, no wind. Perfect for football. Outside the stadium, we get talking to some Rangers fans. Come on, you're shy now, eh? He's all shy. Come on, Alistair, on you go. Oh, who's going to score? Who's going to score? Who's going to score? Ali. Super Ali. It's got to be. I would say Ian Ferguson myself. Who do you think, Dylan? Uh, Big Mark. Big Hale. No, I think he's in. It was doubtful in the middle of the week, but no, he's McCoy's on. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. 2 1 for Rangers. Definitely. Yeah. Super Big Mark. That's an Ali hat trick. Optimist. Say the last match I was at, and they were beat two one by Aberdeen. You'd have thought Rangers won. Uh, Terry Butcher and all took a shirt off and threw it into the crowd. They're all standing down dancing. All the Ranger players and all the crowds were singing. You know, there's only one Rangers, and all honestly, it was just, it was unbelievable atmosphere like. And then Neil used to. when we first went up, no, before when they were just for the players come on the pitch, you seen Mister Sunis coming up, and then all around the stadium, all you heard was Sunis, Sunis. It was just you know really brilliant atmosphere, like that's all like, Sunis, and there he was, the man himself. Didn't like him. 
No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like him when he played for Liverpool, and even when he went to Rangers, I didn't like him. Still don't like him. Very grumpy man. So he is. That's, that's the place to be for the crowd. The atmosphere, aye. What's your favourite Rangers song? Oh no, I don't know really. I don't know what one would be the best. Yeah, we're up the top, so Except for today, it's slightly different. You're pretty laid back, people, you know. Quiet and shine. Hello, hello is usually quite quite a good one, I think. How's that go? Oh, no. Inside Ibrox, the atmosphere is breathtaking. The Celtic fans have their own stand, they fly their tricolours and taunt verbal abuse at Rangers players. Rangers fans roar foul language back at the Celtic team. And by the time three o'clock kick-off comes, it feels like the stands themselves are shaking with the excitement. Then there's the play, the tackles and the near misses. And then, at last, in the 65th minute, the moment we've all been waiting for in the Rangers' terrace, the goal from Ali McCoist. But the ecstasy is short-lived because three minutes later, there's an equaliser from the men in green. And in the last two minutes of the game, disaster for Rangers. Rangers fans, as they leave the stadium, there's always time for one defiant gesture. Rangers goalkeeper to thank for it. Would you believe it? It looked as though Rangers were about to extend their dominance over their old firm rivals when, of all people, Ali McCoyst, who is uh, still not fully match fit after his five-month layoff from a bro- with a broken leg, opened the scoring midway through the second half. It was one of Rangers' most flowing moves. McCoyst was at the heart of it. He played the ball out to Mikhailachenko, switched into McCall to Durant. Durant shot against Bonner. I thought the goalkeeper had it, but instead he let it slip, and McCoyst is deadly in those situations over the line, one nothing. It looked as though Rangers would cruise on then. But Maxwell in the Rangers goal permitted a simple high ball uh, to elude him. He actually reached it but dropped it at the feet of John Collins. Collins only had to shuffle wide of the goalkeeper and play it into the net. That was one each. 93 minutes on the clock. It looked as though it was a certain score draw. Maxwell intervened again, this time from a corner. The young Dubliner, Paul Byrne, hung it underneath the crossbar. Maxwell came for it, let it go completely through his arms. And as it fell behind him, Stuart McCall could do nothing to prevent Brian O'Neill getting a clean touch across the line into the net to give Lou McCarry his first victory as Celtic manager the score again Rangers 2 Celtic 1 Celtic's first victory here in 19 months what can you say Valerie terrible huh they were terrible they really were terrible do you feel like crying disgusted Celtic were all over the most of the time weren't they Valerie is almost speechless outside the ground. For match analysis, it takes a Glasgow taximan, a Rangers fan. I was settling for a draw when you equalised. Yeah. I don't even have a fair result. You can live with that over a weekend. You can't live with that. No. Nope. Especially Luke McCarry's first oh. match. Papers will blow it wide up. I know. Blow it wide up. We just don't buy the papers for a couple of days. Don't buy any Sunday papers or Monday papers. That's the only way to get rid of that. 
pretending to be biased right Because <laughs> they make the most of it. It's unfortunate a lot of injuries at the start of the season. But there again, you've got to maintain where you left off last year. It's true. They had a brilliant season last year, didn't they? Like? Maybe they've made their own too high a standard to keep up to. Keep up MD to get beat by them. I wouldn't have liked getting beat by MD else, but to get beat by them. I know. Yeah. That's the worst, I know. But it's a clear out time. There's a lot of players there that you should give it a few. But by the time we reach the airport, Valerie is a little cheered up as she looks back on the great moments of the day. I mean, you can't, you can't beat the atmosphere, like. No worry, I'm telling you. No worry, you can't beat it. Completely different to anything back home. So it is. I would definitely come back. Definitely. I didn't care who Rangers were playing like, as long as it's a day Brox. I would definitely go back. Something special, isn't it? Oh, yes, definitely. It is. Some stadium, I can't get over that stadium like. Of course, stadium they have. Not an empty seat. And it like not an empty seat in it. And what was it like being on the terrace? What do you what do you think of the chance in there? It was a good laugh. <laughs> the language was a bit rough, like I didn't expect that from a crowd of fellas anyway. I don't mind. Wasn't many women there. Women. No, not real. Like there was a few, like but I think you'd get the women in the seating, sitting down. Not not so much in the terrace, like really sitting down. But I enjoyed it, a good laugh. So it was. I'd say you were one of the. There mightn't have been any mothers of a two month old baby in that. No, terrace. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Not ways, I'm quite sure it was worth it, like, definitely. Just went over so quick. So I did the whole day fleeing, like. But it was good, I really enjoyed it. Really did. Oh, well. we'll beat them the next time they meet them, what do you see? We'll get their refrain, revenge, so they will. That's it, all over now. Back to the family? Yes, back home with my wee daughter and my son. Can't wait to get my photos developed now. <laughs> Can't. Hope they all turn out well, I took a that crowd. The other side yeah. and all yeah. their flags out, like. Brilliant. Now, 12th of July, we all go up and stand and watch the orange parades. Like, it's great. It's good to see, and all you feel all. But then you wonder what it's like religion. Like, I mean, it's nothing. It's just. It doesn't. shouldn't mean anything, but it does in this country. Like, I mean, you just feel you've got it, and you're scared to go out. So you're right, like you're scared. I mean, say you're safe in your own house. You're not even safe now in your own house. I mean, they just beat the door down and come in. If they want you, like, they'll get you. That's all there is to it. And it's just no solution to it at all. So there isn't. It's all money, all down to money, if you ask me. That's what it's all down to. I just hope when they grow up, like, it's all forgot about. But I can't say it like I think it'll go on for another twenty years. Each generation will just 
carry on, folly in their daddy's footsteps, that's the way it'll go, just carry on, so it will. March. He doesn't know what religion is. I mean, he doesn't. I don't. He doesn't know he's a Protestant. I don't tell him. I mean, when he hears about people being shot, no matter what side it is, he says they're bad boys. Both sides like bad boys. I mean, and that's just the way he's being brought up. He'll learn for himself when he gets older what religion is. But I'm not gonna tell him. If you know what I mean, I'm not gonna tell her. I mean, she was brought up the exact same way. I mean, what? Why bring somebody up to hate somebody because they're a different religion from yourself? It's stupid. So it is. And that's not the way they ever brought up. I mean, there are future, and if they're brought up properly, then maybe not happen. Stop. Doubt it like. Still go on and on. So it will. Oh, 